Welcome to another episode of Family Records. My name is Matt Rodolfi, and with me, as always, is Blake Sweet. How you doing, How's it going, Blake? Good. This is a little weird. This is yeah. our first uh, not in person episode. Yeah, this um, is a little out strange. of necessity. <laughs> out of necessity, we are doing this um, at a distance, I guess. I don't know through technology because someone in the room that I'm in has covid so <laughs> i was gonna take the bullet for you and say that i'm in montana visiting family but <laughs> it worked out perfectly i waited to get covid until i knew you were out of town <laughs> hey, there, Norm- normally out. i wouldn't <laughs> normally i wouldn't have uh, agreed to do this but since <laughs> we had no other option i figured i'd just have mikey on or something but here or we are JR. i was gonna try for jr but <laughs> yeah <laughs> But here we are. No one can be in a room with me. I am contagious. Ah, so thanks to Discord, we can't be stopped. Yeah, Discord's uh, had her back a lot lately. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I've really embraced it. Actually, I've been using Starting it for a lot for of the plug lately since <laughs> or this time. Yeah. Thanks, Discord. <laughs> Anyways, um, how are things? How have things been? I haven't talked to you obviously in a while. Uh it's been nice. I mean, the start of this last week has been a little sketchy because not only did you test positive with COVID, there's been a small outbreak in my office. So I've been kind of quarantining yeah. and getting, t- I, I got tested a few times. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I did a few at home tests. I went and got a PCR test done. Thankfully I, I tested negative and I got my results just in time to actually still make this trip. Cause we were, uh, we were stressing pretty hard. We've been planning this trip for a while. Yeah. I, uh, I dropped a bunch of money to get like a one hour result because I wanted to be sure I had, a, I have a whole freaking schedule to keep. Yeah. So I thought I didn't think it was anything. Even my doctor was kind of like, Hey, it's your asthma and the smoke. Like you just got a little cough. And, um, uh, sure enough, Couple Jeez. hundred bucks later, guess who's got the plus sign? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so do they make I'm you not pee just on sure. the stick? I'm COVID positive. <laughs> did they make you pee on the stick? Yeah. No, no, no. They just shoved some stuff up my nose. It was quite fun. Scratch <laughs> <laughs> the back of your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy, dude, because I like immediately when I got the result, I called Mikey and I was like, I, I I need you to go get a test too. <laughs> you know, like I was already I'm on working, the phone, rescheduling people. I was already working from home because I was waiting on a different COVID test result because of the outbreak in my office. And Mikey just yeah. calls me. He's like, please tell me you've gotten your results back. Oh my God, please like tell me the moment you hear back. And he was freaking out pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I was a little worried uh he was gonna freak out. That's why I shelled I wanted to get him tested right away. So mm. I got him the same test I took. Just, you know. Yeah, and be freaked out, business. got me freaked out. And then I started freaking out more about this upcoming flight. <laughs> yeah. No, what's, but it's what's weird is I was uh 
What's that? Oh, go. I was just going to say, it's been nice being up here. It's everybody's a lot more lax than California, which I don't know if your opinion is still the same on that. Now that you got oh, it. Yeah, I don't believe in Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I, my thing is the mandating. That's the problem. Yeah. But yeah, everything's fully open up here. There's a lot of people just walking around, no mask. It it feels like pre-pandemic up here in Montana, which, like, there, there's an element of it sometimes when you get around a lot of people <laughs> where you start sure. getting a little sketched out. Because for the last 18 months, we've been conditioned. Sure. Well, I think like to think that if I was in that situation, like even it, when if California was continuing its opening, that remember those six weeks of opening that we had? Yeah. I, if it was still in the midst of that, I, I would have closed, just did the same thing I'm doing now. Closed down, quarantined. Yeah. I've been, I've been in this room for like five days straight, you know? Well, I think I still think that's the most effective way to slow the spread more so than the masks or the vaccine is just stay home if you're sick. Like, I, sure, the mask yeah. vaccine, they probably help to some degree, but I think, you know, the biggest thing that kind of gets brushed over is if you don't feel good, stay home and maybe get tested. Yeah, and, and I'm very lucky because I'm doing pretty well now. Um, but that first first couple of days were rough. I heard it. It's definitely a nasty flu. It's, it's a nasty flu. I was, I was hurting. <laughs> But I mean, once the fever broke, I've been fine. I'm just waiting for the contagiousness to go away. Yeah. But uh, you know, it is what it is. We're all in this, and we need to just kind of keep moving forward. Um, that's all we can do. Yeah. No, absolutely, and so. I'm glad you're feeling better, man. That's that's really good news. Thanks, dude. So uh, what uh, whiskey are you drinking today, Blake? All right. So since we're apart, and also since you have no sense of taste right now, I have to do the whiskey tasting on my own. So I went and picked up, we've actually had, I went and picked up a local whiskey, and we've actually had this distillery before. This is a different whiskey they do. So it is Willie's Genuine Canadian Whiskey from Willie's Spirits in Ennis, Montana. This is the same distillery that made the bighorn bourbon oh bighorn okay yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i'm that a little is, that's right i'm a little confused on how it's canadian whiskey if it was made in america but uh i pulled up their website question. So i guess we'll get a little insight into that all right give it to us so the little inscription on the back of the bottle it's also the little blurb on their website is Canadian whiskey has always been an important part of history in the North American Rocky Mountain West. Cowboys, loggers, explorers, miners, trappers, and pioneers have always enjoyed the rugged wildness of Canadian spirits. Along with our pristine Montana water, we are proud to bring you the best of what generations have known, genuine Canadian whiskey. So still didn't expect... Made in America. Yeah. Um, the bottle actually does <laughs> just say bottled at Willie's Distillery in Ennis, Montana. Uh, and Canadian whiskeys okay. are typically blended, so I'm assuming it's just, you know, they partnered with a distillery in Canada. They sent a bunch of Can different Canadian whiskeys down, and it was blended, aged, and bottled in Montana. 
Yeah, okay. But I don't actually cool. see any information confirming that. That's entirely a guess. Go ahead and give it a taste. Right. I want to know what it. I want you to explain it to me in detail. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, god, that is smooth. It's it's sweet. It's almost like apples. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, you're making a face, you poor guy. <laughs> There's not a lot of a bite to it, but I can taste I can taste the rye. Well, I have oh. a little treat for myself. <laughs> My own little tester here. It's called Nequil. I don't think I don't know what kind of whiskey it is, but um Oh, is that from that famous it's very uh, Vix distillery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Vix it's it's very heavy on the nose. It's thick. And you can see I drink out of this tiny little cup right here. <laughs> Weirdly, I can taste all the NyQuil and DayQuil I've been taking. Really? <laughs> but maybe, like, maybe that's the answer. I don't you know that I can taste the flavor in it, but I can taste the medicine. Maybe that's the secret then to getting your taste back is you just have to season everything with DayQuil and NyQuil. <laughs> so how is it on the palate? Sure, it's on now. Yeah. That looks well, let's see. grape flavored. Oh, of course not. It's a uh, cherry flavor. Uh, Thank you. Ah, I can't taste the cherry. I don't know where the cherry is. <laughs> taste the nut quill. Tastes like menthol. You know, <laughs> not like that cold, cool, like medicinal flavor. I mean, at least it's subtle. Yeah. You were telling me before we started recording, you've been having to put hot sauce on everything. Yeah, for dinner tonight, my wife made uh, macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. I've been hot dog like salty things. I've been doing all right with. So I've been like, I got ordered my. As I ordered in the grocery trip, I had them get me like Pringles and uh, some other things that are really salty because the salt I can kind of recognize. That's interesting. Like, so, like, I can taste the salt because it's salty. So like harsh flavors or flavors that actually that you feel and not just taste. Yeah. So like hot dogs. We've had hot dogs a couple nights since I've been out. I'm not even a big hot dog guy, but we happened to go to Costco. Dude, we happened to go to Costco days Wait, before when you say we, do you I got any symptoms. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Like this was before. We happened to stock up the weekend before I started getting any symptoms or anything. Obviously, since I've had symptoms, I've been in the house. Mm. But um, so we just happened to freaking stock up with tons of food, which has been really good. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, hot dogs are salty. So Chelsea made some mac and cheese with hot dogs in it. Just, you know, easy because she's got all three kids and I'm just in the room. I'm the dad in the wall. Oh, that's the that's best easy myself. meal, too. <laughs> yeah. So, but I couldn't really, I can taste the saltiness of the hot dog, but I can't taste that much else. So I just started showering it in hot sauce until it was so spicy. It almost was like taste. <laughs> So did, it, did it still burn then? Or was it like just uh, yeah, it didn't affect you at it, all until you put it was, enough on? It was suppressed for sure. Like I put more, I, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I normally put hot sauce on my like pastas. I mean, like, well, our, not our family not pasta like sauce Italian calls for Italian, but like, quite a bit of spice. So it makes sense. Yeah. Mac and cheeses, simple like rice meals and stuff like that. I I add cheese and sour cream and hot sauce a lot sometimes, depending on the meal. Right. But uh, I've really wrenched it more than I think I ever have before. So 
I imagine normally like my gauge would be that that would be really hot, but it wasn't. It was like not as hot as I even usually normally handle. So I'm thinking it suppresses it a little bit. That's interesting. I, I I've know. always wondered about that because like I've heard secondhand about people who have lost their sense of smell or taste, but I've never actually like gotten to pick somebody's brain about it. Go ahead. I, 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 mean, uh, I what's, have terrible it, smell anyway. So is my sense of smell that, being like, gone doesn't really affect me. Is there anything that like remotely triggers your sense of smell still? Like if you take a nasty dump, is it? <laughs> or no, you know, sauce, there is something kind of burns your nostrils. Yeah, no, actually, that's a good point because I smelt the hot sauce before. I have a one of my son's parents, a, a family, a friend of our family, another family. Dad, the dad there always makes me the homemade hot sauce and he always gives me a bottle. He makes mm -hmm. great hot sauce. It's pretty good. And um, I took a big old sniff of that and went right for it. And that was, I could smell that. It was very, uh, smelt almost like regular smelling. But I, I do have this, like my mom's all into essential oils. So I have like a little essential oil breathe thing. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that, it's like a, that triggers my smell. I can get a deep breath and really feel it. Interesting. But, so I wonder if that's like you're experiencing it more mildly than other people or if that's like what other people are experiencing too. I think it's in the same way that like salty foods, I can, I can't quite taste it, but I, it, it's almost like tasting it. Well, it's, it's like your it, sense it of causes is a reaction. Up for it. Yeah. Like the, the phenomenon, the physical phenomenon is still happening when you have certain particles in the nose or certain like, you know, uh, um, certain things hit me in the mouth, I guess. That's a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's certainly weird. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I like have it. been... I, I have... I've felt the urge to try something weird, but I haven't really done it yet. What's one food you know? that you just do not like? You're not a tomato guy, right? Uh, tomato? No. Oh, oh, oh you know what, though? I hate pickles. No, the other day, yesterday, last night, Chelsea had to take the kids uh, to a Target run, and so she just bought burgers on the way home, like A&W burgers. So I ordered it with no tomatoes, but I always forget they add pickles to that, a bunch of pickles. And I hate pickles. But I my taste was so bad, I had eaten almost the whole thing before I realized... That I was just plowing through pickles. That's not even realizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you should just start Couldn't trying everything you don't like until your sense of taste comes back. <laughs> you know what though? As soon as I saw the pickle, I like as soon as I like bit into one, it was hanging out. I had to I couldn't eat it. I had to take it out of my mouth. <laughs> it's like built into me. In fact, like I, I was telling Chelsea, like I can almost like having a burger versus a hot dog versus mac and cheese, like I can recognize through texture and all these things, like the phenomenon of eating it versus other things or like having a sandwich. But I don't know that if I was blind tasting all this stuff, if I'd be able to recognize what it was because I can't taste it, you know? Okay. See, that's my biggest fear about getting COVID is losing my sense of taste. Cause I just, I just assumed it was going to be like just flavorless mush, everything I ate. Yeah, that, I had taste the first handful of days. I didn't have, I didn't lose it until like yesterday. 
two days ago, whatever it was, after I was feeling better. So, very strange. Anyways, um, we should talk about some other stuff. Uh, We have, because we can't go, I can't go crazy late today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can, if you think of anything else, you can ask me all my texts. That's fine. I'm very excited because the next episode uh, that I'm recording without you, I mm-hmm. will literally, is the, literally the day that I'm allowed to come out of quarantine. So I'm very excited. Oh. <laughs> I get to in person on my first day back in the world. Yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Um, but one thing about me being in this room is having time. I have been watching a lot of crap. Like, I've been oh, catching yeah. up on movies. Oh, yeah. And you you watched a certain movie that uh, we need to talk about. I did, and that's kind of what I'm I was getting at. Looking forward to this. But, <laughs> but first, I watched uh, today, I watched, no, yesterday I watched Man of Steel, which I had never seen. Really? The I was never here. Cavill, Cavill really? I thought it was pretty good. It was all right. But that led me down so, the path. Like, I watched. I think I went in with like Dark Knight trilogy expectations and I didn't get a Dark Knight trilogy type Superman movie. And I think that was the big disappointment. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I liked it. I liked it because it wasn't that honestly. Um, but that, that was on the path of me watching the, uh, Zack Snyder cut justice league. Have you watched that? that? I have not. The only opinion I've had to go off of is Mikey's, and I don't know if I trust his opinion on movies sometimes because he likes everything. <laughs> like it's really good. It's. I can't believe that that someone let Josh Whedon cut that up into what he put out there. It's like an insult to, to 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 cinema. This thing was four hours long. I and was it was hoping, long. There was times when I realized it was long. I was hoping that the Snyder Cut would be garbage just because I love Joss Whedon's work so much. I don't want to blame him for the movie being bad. Yeah, maybe Joss Whedon would have done well if he had taken it, had the reins at the, from the beginning. I don't know. But um, the Snyder Cut, it's four hours long, and I didn't feel it. Really? It just. You know, like, I mean, I'm. At no point did I feel like anything was super slow or wasting my time. Uh, it's I've, so well done. Like the 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 Flash and Cyborg get these really deep, um, complex stories. Oh, that's that interesting because they kind so of just, they kind of just got okay. You're introduced. All right, now you're in the shit in the in the Whedon cut. Yes, kind of half ass thrown in, and this was great because not only that. Because the Josh Whedon cut was, it was like the whole thing was just about reviving Superman. Yeah. It like it was just, oh, we're a team of heroes that have come together to revive Superman. And like in this cut, like that's not I mean, that's part of it, but that's not what they're doing. You know what I mean? Interesting. It's, I'll have uh, to give it a shot when I have two weeks so with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Once you get your COVID. Even the um <laughs> what's the villain's name? Uh Steppenwolf, yeah, even he has a way more complex story arc. Huh. It's it's great, dude. I really loved it. I uh, cyborg, I might have been my favorite character in the whole freaking thing. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, give it a shot. 
I wanted to put that out there because I was very hesitant to watch it. Um, but I'm so glad I did. But I'm so glad. Anyways, we can get to the one that we want to talk about, <laughs> which is Dune. There's a lot um, to unpack with this. Because I did watch the 1984. 1984 and... <laughs> oh, man, what a train wreck. <laughs> oh, it and is I, a I don't necessarily pile of that. garbage, but I enjoyed watching it so much. <laughs> Just because... I, I got to say, like, so the first half, it was so... I will say they did a they did a thing where they jammed so much of the story in. I, I thought a oh, lot yeah. more was going to be changed, and but they did kind of jam it all in, and they did and they jumped around follow the plot point. They did, they, and they skipped over whole swaths of story. Meanwhile, it um, took thirty minutes to I, get to chapter know, one of the book. Yeah, the they added a scene at the all, beginning, yeah, which. Completely threw me off until I read Dune Messiah recently. And I say, until you read out, about the navigators. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that thing floating in the tank was. I thought that was just some weird creative choice. Then I read Dune Messiah yeah, and found I out there's a whole thing about navigators. And I still can't believe they yeah, depicted they them like that. <laughs> well, and they chose to, to put... I'm glad they stayed true. Like, okay, they stood true to the series because... No, yeah. that's in the first book. So they stayed true to the world, but like they didn't take time. They kind of half explained folding space in on itself, but like they only kind of half explained what the navigators are and they only half explained kind of what the guild was. And like somehow the guild had more control, but like less control than the emperor. It was, yeah, it, it was weird. It was hard confusing. to follow. If you didn't read at least the original Dune book, you would be lost within. 10 minutes. It was I agree. like, ba uh, it was like me and my book club friends got together and watched it. And Bailey stuck her, was hanging out and watched it with us. And she had no idea what was going on. The rest of us were sitting there laughing our asses off at everything they got wrong or skipped over. <laughs> or <laughs> Dude, I have so many opinions about that movie. I don't oh. even know where to start. Like, okay. First off, what did you think of the scoring? Oh, <laughs> the Toto. scoring was great, except yeah, that it didn't Toto feel like it was Toto it. until the very last song. <laughs> you know, like the last final climactic moment kind of sounded like 80s Toto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, they did great. Yeah, the rest of it was phenomenal. I did not expect that from Toto. Like, <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. I have all these opinions, and that is one silver lining here. Toto did a fantastic job in a traditional scoring sense for this. So movie. maybe don't watch the it was, movie it and just terrible. listen. Maybe don't watch the movie and just listen to the soundtrack <laughs> then. Cause it is, there's a total. Well, album is it's so good. Dune. That's what it's called. And it's just all of the scores. Except that it's so, it's so good that like it's written well to the movie. I don't know that the score would be <laughs> impactful without it. You know, like it's fair. Oh, speaking of, of, so connectivity, another connectivity real quick here before we keep digging into this. Uh, today, I watched Ready Player One. Have you uh -huh. seen that? No. I've been no? okay. never curious so enough ready... to go out of my way to find it. Uh, it's a fun idea. It's not as fantastic, amazing as I everyone kind of said. I think that a lot of like older folks like the pop culture mm -hmm. stuff in the way that... 
I don't mean like that to write it off in the same like way that like, Stranger Things is a life, great right? show. The idea is that, that it's like a um, virtual reality internet okay. kind of thing. But there's it just it's this universe where games exist on different planets and places. It's this giant mainframe. Uh, but because of that, there's a lot of pop culture and, and it's it's fun. Like, you know, people have different avatars. So like you'd be rolling up and then some dude shows up as like a Ninja Turtle avatar, <laughs> you know, playing as a Ninja Turtle or whatever. And then so they got like the main character's main car is the freaking DeLorean from Back to the Future, you That's know, like awesome. stuff like that skins and, and stuff like so because of that there's a scene early on when he's showing off like the different rides and ships that he has and he's like listing well, all these famous pop. ships that you heard of and then he did you hear the and then pop? he randomly pulled, <laughs> what's that oh just when i pulled the cork off the bottle it was the most satisfying pop i don't even know oh, if mike picked it up because we're using our laptops instead of good microphones <laughs> yeah sorry for the quality folks uh, anyways, in this uh, scene where he's going through it, he pulls out a little model ship and he goes, it's a Harkonnen uh, battle drop or whatever. Like You can get from Arrakis to uh, Caladan uh, or whatever it's called. He just quickly, like off the dome, like Dune is just, he just quickly mentions Dune amongst all the pop culture stuff. So that was cool. Oh, it's fun. I Since reading the book and having watched this first film, um, I've been catching references all over the place. Like Futurama, Futurama makes yeah. a lot of references. Like there's an episode yeah. where uh, the professor takes the Planet Express crew out to get new uniforms and the tailor puts them in still suits. Yeah. Or where I they're on that. They're on there's Mars also an, and Amy's parents ride the sandworm. Yep. There's also uh, one where they, uh, when he explains how the ship works to his clone and he explains that it moves the universe yeah. around him. That's. Yeah. Very Dune esque, uh, or I, I saw an episode well, of the I think Simpsons. Holding I saw an episode of The Simpsons where uh, they're also at the dinner table, and Marge asks if the dish is too spicy, and then Lisa's just like frozen there, like, and says, "I can see through time." That's dumb. <laughs> Love it. Uh, even dude, um, SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants makes references to Dune. There was, really? an ep- there was an episode where Bikini Bottom was being terrorized oh, by a boy. giant worm that eats everything. <laughs> and there's at one point, while SpongeBob and Sandy are tracking it down, Sandy like scoops on some grass and is in not sand and is in like God, I can't talk. Is inspecting it, and she goes, "Look, worm sign." Which and a little, she's got I a little sign that. popping out of the sand. Right. And I just thought it was that dumb little joke until I read Dune, and that's just that's how they refer to tracking worms. Yeah. So going back to the movie, I think Patrick Stewart was cast in the worst character of any of the characters in that book that right. he could have been cast that was as. The worst character Patrick Stewart could have played, and he was still one of the bright spots of the whole movie. <laughs> You just see it in his face, but like they basically they cast him as Gurney, but then they like completely erased so much of Gurney and basically oh, yeah, made him like kind of a throwaway character, like completely. 
He was so. Well, was just saying, they made they made Gurney at Duncan Idaho, and then they threw away Duncan Idaho. Yeah, Duncan Idaho was just some guy that introduced himself as Duncan Idaho once. I am so excited yeah. for the new movie because there is no way they can butcher it worse than this one. Especially if they're doing it in two parts, they cannot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they can't. Gurney, honestly, Patrick Stewart could have played any other character, and I think it would have been a better choice. Except though. maybe Duncan like, Idaho. I don't know, man. Like he, he could have been a Gurney, better Duncan Gurney, Idaho like, than a Gurney, but. I don't know. Although maybe we're all a little bit off in our perception because we've seen him in Star Trek and X-Men and all this other shit. This was an undiscovered Patrick Stewart when he got this role. That's a fair point. But if the character wasn't so bland. Yeah, he was a very dry character for as good of a character as he is in the book. Maybe he could have been a great Gurney, actually. I take it back. Maybe he would have been great. If the movie had done the character justice, I think he would have pulled it off. Yeah, because like they show him with an instrument at one point, and then he's pretty much gone, and then they show him like at the end when he's got hair, and it's been years later. (laughs) Speaking of which, I hated that. Like they all just Stewart with hair. Yeah. Well, they work all this, all this work to get them like to the point where he's like in the desert with the with the. Uh, um, oh yeah, they they Fremen. tried really hard because the big payoff in the whole book with Gurney's arc was that there's no need for weapons here. When Paul recognizes yeah. it, and they threw that in the movie, but they took away all of the setup for it. I'd like to say that they butchered the Fremen overall dude they were all white people like there's that yeah well a that <laughs> a that they were just a bunch of white people that like clearly stood in the sand With but blue contacts B, like they're they took away all the culture all the culture so there was no rugs and hanging like yeah, there was just a bunch of people in still suits. <laughs> yeah and i'm pretty sure at one point they go oh those are religious warriors and he looks down and there's armies of people and they're holding crosses like <laughs> why are they holding crosses you know oh, like, oh. <laughs> and then the women like don't they don't have anything they're just like they wander and then boom we are here we find you we take you on oh she has the weirding way okay teach us okay all right yeah. we're taking over dude, the end dude there was no like when paul fought uh fought the fremen yeah. When he got challenged to single yeah. combat, that was entirely written out of the movie. And that was a big moment in the book. Dude, they didn't... They, not only was Stilgar, Stilgar a pasty white dude, they didn't introduce him. Yeah. They just they like, didn't mentioned him Stilgar. in a throwaway scene, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's it's ridiculous. I'm oh, sorry. It was terrible. It, I'm, I'm with you. It was terrible. But I think it's worth watching if nothing else, to appreciate the movie that's coming out this fall. (laughs) I hope this new movie rules. Do you remember, okay, when you read it, did you read it as Harkonnen, like in the movie? That's how I read it, yeah. But I noticed the audio book is like Harkonnen. Harkonnen, that's what's in my head, yeah. That's why I ask. Everything else they pronounce Muad'Dib. Yeah. 
Fremen, they got it all yeah. right, or at least what I had in my head. Yeah, except for that, except for that one. I thought that was weird. I also did not like the Baron. No. Oh god, there was the scene. He just it started was... like levitating and spinning around and laughing. They spent like five minutes on that scene that was just nothing. <laughs> they were just like, hey, look, we gotta oh, use the layers. And the doctors. The doctors like with the boils and the fact that they all just eat raw. Like, I know that the Harkonnen are brutal, but like it's like a subtle brutal. It's there's still a culture. The, again, they've their culture was just washed away for this, like, this is evil. The a Fremen's culture was just washed away for these are the new guys that have his back. Like, like they kind of kept the culture of the of the um Atreides. Uh, Atreides, but well, not even you have to you know, like when I imagine you have to Yeah, but even when I, when I imagine their culture, I imagine like Naboo. You know, like yeah. big, wide, open, beautiful forests, and like, and instead, it was like Frankenstein's castle. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> pouring rain. Like, okay, it's wet. Okay, but they didn't even make a point on the water when they got to Dune. There was no. If you didn't know from the books, how would you have known that waters? They didn't push that home at all. Like, no. water is the water of life. Like, oh, because yeah. again, back to Paul's. Uh, whole single combat thing in like the middle of the book like that was a big thing because after he kills this guy in single combat he cries and that's why everyone respects yeah. him because he gave water to the dead gave on this desert planet dead. where there is yeah. no water how about the fact that they didn't even say the word Chris Knife yeah like they took everything from the Fremen they yeah. left the, all they it's had was the still down to extras. <laughs> they really did, they man. Yeah, I mean, I was very upset about that. The Harkonnens, except oh. for the Baron, like even even Fade, they cast Sting in this role, and then they just made him a throwaway character. Yeah. Sting, yeah, who was at the time the biggest star, except for maybe Toto, who did the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> How about the fact that, like, Thufir Hoet, like, he gets captured, and they, like, make the point of going, oh, he's a Harkonnen now, and then you never see him again. <laughs> well, he played a big like, role in the book as a Harkonnen, too. Yes, he did. Although, what did it, you, it, he played what did a big role on both sides, and also, he was weirdly cast. Apparently, apparently, Mentats just have giant, bushy eyebrows. Like, they were clearly... Yeah, and... Peter wasn't that bad. They they took all. Yeah, I, he got this killed the when the two, you know, released poison or whatever, and that was it. That was the one part that was of true. his story arc was that stuck around. But I, I mean, like in the way they capture the character, I feel like the character's ominous kind of like evilness was pretty on par but there there was nothing like he kind of casually mentions to jessica i almost had you but now i don't i'm not taking you or whatever and it's like he had a whole thing he wanted the lady jessica and then he was gonna trade it to rule uh arrakis and you know like all of that stuff was just out the window well and they they dropped the entire familial connection between 
the Atreides and the Harkonnens. Yeah. I, I don't even think that yeah, was a plot true. point in the movie at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, they they don't Aaliyah talk about the Bene Gesserit's breeding program. Aaliyah was very weirdly portrayed. Aaliyah was very strange. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that. I, I'm still a little confused because it in the last scene in the Dune movie w- or where she kills the Baron, it looks like she killed him by giving him a titty twister. <laughs> she that's not what I mean though about the choices they made. Is like if you're making a movie, you could have cut out Aaliyah completely. Yeah. And built up Gurney as a bigger character. Like there's other ways, you know, it's just because it was a spectacle. Clearly that movie was definitely a bigger character in Dune Messiah. But yeah, she was something that easily could have been omitted from the Dune movie. Have you finished Messiah? Yeah. I want to go back and reread it, like actually print, because I feel like I missed some detail with the audio book. But it was interesting and it really built out the world. Children of Dune is the uh, the trilogy ender. Okay, just so you know, it's not over. No, I, I do. Do, I'm do you see the ending? Dune. What's that? The ending of Messiah, though. What I was like, it reminds me of the ending of a certain with uh, twins and a <laughs> like, you know, yeah, and like kinda. a Jedi. Yep. And, yeah. George Lucas is a hack, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You heard it here first. Family Records takes a hard anti-George Lucas stance from here on out. But I still love Star Wars. And and I don't have to keep my (laughs) promise because Dune Messiah did not begin on an ice planet. So (laughs) so it's different enough that I I, I don't (laughs) we talk crap, but it, it is different enough that it's not. It's in the same way that like the Beatles would straight up steal riffs from like Chuck Berry. Like, yeah, it's not, they didn't do it for malicious intent. They did it because they loved it. Oh and yeah. They wanted to do their own thing. You no, know, and, I see it in the same for sure. way. Uh, I, I did notice, did you notice in June 1984, there were certain like Foley that they used. that was like, it felt like it was ripped straight out of star Wars. Yeah. Like, sure. like they had blasters and it was just it was the stormtrooper blaster noise. <laughs> did you know but they did make some decisions different? Like they, they did just embrace some things. Um oh, yeah. I thought it was weird there was no swords, there was only knives. That was weird. Because there were swords in this in the books. Yeah. But um uh God, what was it? Uh oh shoot, what was I gonna say? The um Sorry, COVID brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, oh, the the weirding device. Yeah, that that was complete bullshit. <laughs> it was completely constructed. Yeah, for no like no reason. Oh, dude. Text, like like just a random neck gun that used the power of voice to shoot. Like so, the weirding way in in the books was like their martial arts and their defense. Like. Yeah, right? and they had this inherent ability to like match somebody's vo- vocal frequency and get them to do shit. That was the other. Thing. But that wasn't even the weirding way. That was like the Benny Gesserit training, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. The weirding way I thought was like when Jessica overtakes. I, I always Sildar assumed. And he's I, like, mm. I always assumed it was 
just overall like the Benny Gesserit training because the martial arts was part of the Benny Gesserit thing too. And that's true. And um, at one point, Paul uses the voice, and they reacted like, "Oh, he knows the weirding way too." Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, but they don't really like teach the. You don't see the uh, Fremen like using the voice and stuff. Like oh. none of them kind of get to that level. That's fair. I don't know. Maybe it is a separate thing. I don't know. But either way, there was no, yeah, there was no shot collar thing that was also somehow the gun. Yeah. The shields were weird. It looked I, like, I, I, I wonder, I have, yeah, the shields were weird. They looked like big fluffy, like, it looks like life, human-sized dolls. Well, I was going to say, it looked like, like, the very early censorship and, like, reality TV when they blur out somebody's face. It's just, that's what it looks okay. like. <laughs> just the real pixely. Okay. <laughs> also, why why did the Benny Gesserits, they were all bald, but Jessica wasn't? But she was a reverend mother. Although I think the other reverend mother was bald too. I don't know. The reverend was... mother showed up to Jessica with a bunch of other bald chicks. <laughs> I assumed they were all the Benny Gesserits. Oh, it was such a weird thing. And... Oh, when the Reverend Mother tested Paul at the beginning of the movie, that was strange, too. Because they actually showed, like, his hand, when he puts his hand in the mystery box, it actually, like, shows his hand being burned down to the bone or something like that. And then he pulls it out. Yeah, and I think fine. that was just a bad. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a weird but, directorial choice. That's, that was yeah, never that's what I imagined. Necessary. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I will say the pin on the finger, the Benny Gesserit, like Reverend Mother pin mm-hmm. that like they talk. I didn't, in my mind in the book, I didn't see it as like a, a, a on their finger claw kind of thing. No. I, I saw it they as like a needle. Carried a deadly pin. Yeah, and, holding it like a deadly needle. Yeah. And I've seen in the trailers for the new movie that it looks like that is the way they're showing it in the new movie. Okay, that's cool. Because they, at one or part of the trailer is that scene of her holding the needle to his neck, and it looks like she's just holding a sewing needle to his neck. Good. I, I, um, I really hope with this new movie that they take the time. They're doing oh, yeah. two movies, and I, that might, I think might that be enough time, but you need with, to have. With doing nineteen eighty four, was they tried to cram the whole thing into two hours? Yeah. Uh, and you need to have time to watch Leah Kind's death you know yeah. like you need that that's an important moment not not for Leah. yeah you could say Leah kind's unnecessary or whatever but like that moment is important for the character of the planet and oh, yeah. you know what i mean and, and uh, for you as a viewer understanding the world and like i don't know those things are all important no i in general this movie was just a steaming pile of garbage but i i enjoyed <laughs> watching it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> because yeah. I had read the book and I, I it, and I could point out all, and because I had seen the trailers for the new movie and I could just point out everything that was wrong with it was almost kind of enjoyable in and of itself. I'll be honest, I was in I was enjoying it like for that same reason until about the last 40 minutes I was just done. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like everything was just happening. <laughs> the Fremen were being introduced in the worst way. And <laughs> the Fremen and like his transition into the the whole thing, it's very messianic, right? Yeah. And, like the way he joins the Fremen, the way he continues to have this kind of growth, he becomes the Kwisat Haderach or whatever it's called, like and then he has to go through by drinking the water alive. Like it's it's not as it's I mean, as simple as they made it. I mean, in the book, it's very messianic too, but it's just they really drilled no, all the Christian themes of the movie. Like, I see, I didn't catch the movie as being messianic at all. I felt like it I, it was lacking that growth. There, there wasn't so much growth, so much as it just boom, snap the fingers, Paul's the savior of the planet. But the problem is everyone just immediately, no question, the Fremen are immediately on board. They're yeah. like, okay, you're teaching us. You're now our guy. You want to overthrow the entire universe's empire? Let's do it. Like, there's no, you don't get the bond of the culture of the Fremen and how important that was into hit to, to Paul and to the, the, the story. Oh, overall. for sure. It was, yeah, the whole thing was just stripped down because they tried to turn a big, thick book into a two-hour movie. and. You can't do that. You can either make a four-hour like Godfather-style epic or you can break it up into two movies, and that's what we were talking about halfway through the book. Like, the book club just started talking, like, there's no way they can make this one movie. Yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, they came out and said Dune was going to be broken up into two parts. And I think that that's why I'm super optimistic about this movie. I cannot believe Same. I can't believe what a cult following the original movie had though. It's so bad. I I can see it though. Like if it came out in 84, people are like cuz there's always going to be people that weren't big into Star Wars or all the pop, the mainstream stuff, you know? Right. There's always people that reject the mainstream and latch on to the site and that Especially, it's based off of this like killer novel, and so like I could see when you have nothing else. It's 1984. This comes out being like, I don't know. I think this rules. The story's way more complex. It's a whole different kind of world. It's not space lasers and spaceships. It's a whole different kind of the universe works in a different way. Like I can see yeah. the appeal for sure. I just I I'm amazed at how like committed some people are to loving this movie. Yeah. The question is, will they love the new one? I don't know. I don't think the people who loved the original are going to love the new one, but I think everybody who loved the book is going to like the new movie. Because I can just imagine having read this book and put all this time and effort into reading this big novel in 1984 and then going to see this movie, I would have been so disappointed. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, years later, and that's true. Yeah, going into it forty years later, knowing that it was a flop, and knowing that it's a garbage movie, and watching it anyway, I, I enjoyed it because it was a terrible movie. You know, I I take that back actually, because you make a good point about Star Wars was a multi parter. They took the time. You know, they they could have just released the first two. They could have gone. One complex, well put together story that only goes up until a certain point, 
And then you continue the arc. Yeah. yeah. And there were plenty of places you could have broken up the book into a big epic two hour movie. That's only like a third of the book. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We, um, we spent a fair amount of time talking about a garbage movie, but I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad <laughs> I could get your thoughts on it. <laughs> it's, it's fun getting to yeah, talk to you about it. Cause we've been talking about the book so much. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching a lot, so I was like, "Yeah, I got to get to that." But I've also been like, I watched. Uh, I started watching some Star Trek Next Generation because I never got Do crazy into that. But from I was Picard. <laughs> no, 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 but that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, I mean that that is better than Do nineteen eighty four. Like by light years, it, it's weird though watching it because it's so old. Like. You definitely kind of wish for a more fresher take. You know what? It kept making me want to watch the Orville. I started watching that show. I I think whatever I was watching it on had ads, and I just got tired of the ads, and I stopped watching a couple episodes um, in. I, I like it's, the it's Orville enjoyable. I Seth Seth MacFarlane definitely kind of has a little bit of a drop off when he does live action stuff. The one real exception being Ted. I really got to push head. through though, because it gets. I think the Orville really comes together. The stories start becoming really good, like the anomalies and the mysteries that they kind of encounter. It's it's very Star Trek esque, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some the whole things I'm... where they encounter whole. Huh? Oh, I was just gonna say. I think the last one I watched was when they get put into the alien zoo. Yeah. So I, I didn't um, make it very far. Yeah. That was like four or five episodes in. Yeah, there's like the whole... Um, I don't want to like say much. I don't know. I found it fascinating. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's blasphemy to say that Star Trek Next Gen made me want to watch it. But I've only watched like four or five episodes of Next Gen. The problem is that there's also so much of it. And this is my... COVID is my time. I can either binge all of just that or I can explore a lot of different things. And there's a lot of movies I need to watch that I've been missing because I don't have time for movies and TV for most of my life. Oh, you no. Know? It's such a pain in the ass sometimes. Like, all I want to do is sit down and have a movie day. But it's <laughs> yeah between a job and stand-up and Fat Tango, it's... I rarely I've have been, time for I've that. I've been wanting it's, to watch. I'm kind of jealous of you getting yeah. COVID and having two weeks of just nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. My wife is too. I uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to watch like Lord of the Rings because I haven't. I watched all those in theaters when they came out. So I, I love. I have I almost the, no memory of the movies because I watched them when I was a kid and totally never went back. Yeah, like I don't have a lot enough memory. The last one came out in theaters and I watched it. And I was like seventeen years old, you know, whatever it was. So that would make me yeah, less yeah. than ten when I watched Return of the King. So I think I want to watch those. We'll see if I get to it. I haven't watched any of the Hobbit movies, but I don't know if those are considered good or not. I watched. Um, I only ever watched the first Hobbit movie. I enjoyed it. I think Martin Freeman did a good job. Yeah. Um, but I again, I don't really remember a whole lot of that movie. I think it was just because it was. It was. You one know, of those, I wanted to go to the movies more than I wanted to see the Hobbit. And so I. Yeah. 
I, know, I was I, I never got super invested <laughs> in the plot of the movie. I was just there to be at the movies. Yeah. God, I, I would know kill to I be at watch, the movies right but... now too. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like two years since I've well, you're billing, you can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go, man. Normal life out there. I would, but um, I like I I actually have to work remote the entire time we're here, so today's the last free day I have <laughs> till we go back. <laughs> that sucks. That's, I that's uh, I have been watching I've been watching Tacoma F D. Oh, I love that show. It's stupid, but it's you funny. watch it? Yeah. It's so dumb, but it's it's so well, it's broken it's like a lizard. Face. Of course, it's funny. Like it's broken lizard. It's, it's a true TV lizard. show, which means that uh, the impractical jokers are at least involved in like green lighting it because they own that. I network. didn't realize they had so much sway. I'm pretty sure they oh, own wow. the network now. Yeah, Damn, they got they got controlling that. shares well, because impractical jokers made up all of true TV's traffic. And so we're like, all right, you know what that show watch. Like, you run what content's on the channel. Yeah, for real. Well, they nailed it. Tacoma FD's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so happy. I, I watched an episode, and I've just been well, I'm almost through season one already. It's the two best Broken Lizard guys, too. Like, I, I'm a little sad Ooh, that it's not everybody. I don't know. I, I Those two are my favorites. It, they're at least the two best Super Troopers. I don't know about that, dude. Hold on a second. I don't know. You're talking Mac and Farva? That's like don't get me wrong. I I I but like what about Jay? I like Jay. I I would love for Jay to be a main character in this, but like I'm happy with these two. Jay's my favorite. He's always been my favorite <laughs> in Broken Lizard. Like I can, I can live without like. I mean, I guess I can live without Paul and Eric, but I don't know. I don't know. It's weird not having. I keep waiting for one of them to guest star on something in in the show. Someone else. I think my favorite. Everybody does at least uh, an episode, but yeah, no. It's just those two on the show. It's great. It's it's great because they're kind of mimicking Mac and Farva, but. They're they're kind of they are Mac and Farva, but not as incompetent. Right. And but also yeah. as incompetent. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else on it is amazing too. So like yeah. their new cast is fantastic. Oh yeah, and no, they're hilarious. They picked a great supporting cast. It's a wonderful show. It's, yeah. It's also the first like not reality show on True TV, and they knocked it out of the park. Like they still captured that sense of humor without having to do or with a scripted show. I didn't realize that. That's cool. I uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I've watched. I've been working on Fat Tangle a lot, which is kind of nice. To get that out of the way. Oh, I could imagine. Um, Lucky you. <laughs> oh, I watched. Uh, I watched Bill and Ted face the I, music. You told me about that. I. How was it? It's great. It's freaking fantastic. It's so good. I'm so worried because I've seen those like sequels that come out 20 years later and they're all just trying to rehash the same shit. Okay. <laughs> nope. You know, I, you know how like uh, cuz like that was a problem with like, I mean, they, kind of do, but they, cast, 
Yeah, well, but Dumb and Dumber 2 wasn't even one of the worst cases no. samples of that, but like I think Bill and Ted Face the Music was fantastic as a standalone movie. It, I'm glad to hear that because even Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was a little bit of that. It was it felt stale yeah. at some points. There was and moments as I'm watching it that I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. There's moments watching it when you think they're about to, like, they're kind of milking a, a joke, and then it's kind of like this, and you kind of expect, like, some new characters to be a certain way or something. But, like, it just, it's very fresh. It doesn't hit you. you I kept they, waiting for it to hit me like that, but none of them hit me like that. And they did okay without George Carlin? Yeah. I mean, it was a little weird, because it's like, they go to the, you go into the theater, you think, like, oh, he should yeah. still be alive. Yeah, you think he'd still be alive. But they, you know what? They don't like try and explain it away. It's just. It's, He's just not a part of the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's still like, he kind of is a part of the story in that like. He's referred to by people mm. like that set them on this path often, but he's like gone, you know? Okay. So. Good. No, so I think that's that worth this, watching. I'm so glad that that came out as a decent movie. I'm, I I got to put that on my watch list because I've been hesitant for sure. You should. I, I, I will let ruined. you know. I should let you know I only made it halfway through the Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, uh, we're a fan? No, it's not that. I watched it the day that I had my fever that was just getting uh, worse and worse and worse. And uh, I, it's it's an old Western. It's a, It moves at a different pace. You yeah. Know? And, is, uh, that was one of the first westerns I, that I could actually sit through because, like, my dad was a big John Wayne spaghetti western type guy, and yeah, I tried watching westerns with him, and I would always either fall asleep or get up and do something else because they're you're right; those old westerns are paced very differently. Yeah. Josie Wales was the first yeah, one that kept you. me engaged the whole time. Yeah. So it's funny that you old musicals were like that was, too, just old cinema. No, his pacing is much better, and uh, the historical elements were really fun. Um, no, it was it was interesting. It's just I stopped, and I just haven't brought myself to go finish it yet because I was only halfway through. Okay, so I mean that's fair. Westerns I don't know. We'll see if I too. It. So I get it. Yeah, I want to because the thing is, I love period pieces. Right, but westerns are different than like. A like a movie nowadays set in the old west is going to be different than movies made in the western era. Yeah. Um. Although I got to be honest, I don't like a lot of the westerns that have come out in the last twenty, thirty years. It's just you don't like they, the ridiculous six. I, <laughs> that was a pretty crappy movie. Let's be honest, but it was a delightfully <laughs> crappy movie. <laughs> But no, like, um, like Cowboys versus Aliens, I was not a fan of. Liam Neeson has actually done a couple westerns, and as much as I love Liam Neeson, I just couldn't bring myself to enjoy those movies because it just it felt like they were trying to make a Liam Neeson movie that was set in the old west, rather than making a western just huh. Liam Neeson. And that just that felt he's just wrong. like telegraphing, like beep 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 beep. beep, beep. I know where you. <laughs> God, what's the taken? Yeah, <laughs> you I don't have know something of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I have a particular set of skills. 
No, it's funny. Yeah. Like one one of these ones I watched, it was the two main stars were Liam Neeson and Pierce Brosnan, and it one was a former Confederate officer and one was a former Union officer, and they were like hunting each other down. This is post Civil War. They've just one's been on the run and the other one's been hunting them down. I can't even remember which one's which. But the whole point is they realized like all this trauma that they suffered in the war was it wasn't a it wasn't personal. It was just the war was hell. And so then by the end, like there's not even a good payoff in the movie. Yeah. It's just a very they're they're all very bland. Cowboys versus aliens, obviously, was did I already mention that? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um I don't know. This I, is I really liked. I really liked, um, like when Tom Selleck was doing westerns. I feel like that was around the time mm. the pacing was good, the writing. It still felt sure. like a western. I will take your word for it. Like I think I, I recommended to you Quigley Down Under, and I still have you had a chance to watch that one yet? No. You should. It's. Tom Selleck okay. is an American cowboy who takes a job working on a ranch in Australia. And the ranch is owned by... A, and this is when Australia was still like just an island where the UK sent its prisoners. It wasn't a totalitarian nightmare? No, not yet. Not at oh, that okay. point. But Alan Rickman is the owner yeah. of the ranch. And it's just it's a very it's interesting dynamic. Because, like I said, it's an island of criminals, so he's obviously going to be kind of the antagonist. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> it, it makes for sense. Maybe check it out. It's a fun movie. It's cheesy. It's like 90s movie cheesy, but... <laughs> or 80s movie cheesy, I guess. Although I think it was made in the early 90s. Still had that effect. Yeah. Well, we should probably start wrapping up here soon. Um, did you have a Dune interesting archive? I was going like to find one, and I completely forgot that we were going to talk about that today, so I didn't look it back up. Um, no. Hold on. I'll but find real it. quick, I'll just pull up the Dune IMDb trivia because I'm sure I can find a good one. I think that was my plan last time. Oh, okay. Um, I might just go through a couple of these because a couple of these are little one-off quips. Um, so, writer and director David Lynch turned down Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi in 1983 to direct this movie, telling George Lucas, "Wow, that's your thing." This is going to be my thing. <laughs> he turned down Return of the Jedi to do Dune. <laughs> what? That's a, a bold decision. Sure, <laughs> uh, it worked out for him. <laughs> right? Next fact David Lynch says he considers this movie the only real failure of his career. To this day, he refuses. Wow. <laughs> he refuses to talk about the production in great detail, and has refused numerous offers to work on a special edition DVD. 
He claims revisiting the movie would be too painful an experience to endure. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh. that's, that's wild. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this new movie. Oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, the suits worn by the guild members were body bags that were found in a disused fire station dating back to the early 1920s. The bags had apparently been used several times, something that was kept from the cast members until after the shooting was done. Could you imagine? Wow. You rap shooting, and then the director's just like, oh yeah, by the way, a bunch of people have been dead in your costume. Wow. He cursed it. That's the problem. Yeah. He cursed the whole that thing. That is the most fucked up thing you could do. <laughs> Body bags. Damn. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Damn. What budget That's was this movie? I don't like the way that they look either. What budget was this movie filmed on that they had to use body bags for wardrobe? Used body bags. Maybe they thought it was badass. <laughs> it was the 80s. Maybe that was like the metal thing to do. So edgy. <laughs> There's been bodies in these bags. Uh, all right. Here's a fun one. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart said the still suit was the most uncomfortable costume he has ever worn. Okay. Um, I I don't know. I just think that's interesting because we spent a lot of time talking about Patrick Stewart. That's that's the one opinion I have of his on here. It was like that oh, whole day yeah. on set. All right. <laughs> Here's another good Patrick Stewart one for this movie. Patrick Stewart okay. at the time was completely unfamiliar about who Sting was as a musician. When meeting him on set, he asked if he was a solo artist. To which Sting replied he was in a band called The Police. Totally unaware, Stewart thought Sting played in a police band, like a policeman's band. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he was in a policeman's band. <laughs> yeah, Sting was a weird character. That was very strange. I feel like they... They probably had to blow most of the production budget just on getting him cast. And then they still just gave him nothing. Well, and then they had to like give him like a weird scene that was like a weird sexual tension scene between yeah. him and the Baron. Yeah, it was, that was strange. really odd. I, yeah, the whole thing was just awful start to finish. Is there anything else, or should, are we good? Ah, uh, holy shit! The total number of the production crew came out to seventeen hundred people. The movie required eighty sets built on sixteen sound stages. More than six years in the making, it required writer and director David Lynch's work for three and a half years. Wow. So much time and effort went into making this god-awful movie. Wow. I mean, they were doing that with the new one. Hold <laughs> up. Ridley Scott was originally going to be the director. 
Interesting. Original director, Sir Ridley Scott, left. I didn't know he was a sir now. Left the production after his older brother suddenly passed away. Scott wanted to start working as soon as possible, but Dune would take far too long to reach production. Scott decided to leave the project in favor of Blade Runner, 1982, which was ready to start production immediately. Uh, in weird uh, tie-in here. The sequel, Blade Runner 2049, that came out in 2017, was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who is also directing the new Dune movie. Oh, that's interesting. Weird little connection. Yeah, but that's that's that blows me. Sir Ridley Scott was almost a director, and he dodged a major bullet. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe he would have done it different. Who knows? I don't know. I maybe. It, I would have been happy if Dune was just Blade Runner. <laughs> that would have been good enough for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, we should do some yeah. plugs and get out of here. I got to pee. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rudolphy. I am also on TikTok at Mad Tango. You can follow us, Family Records, here at Family Records Poe on Twitter and at Family Records Podcast on Instagram. Um, I also do another podcast with Mikey Lannon called They Might Be Bronies. That is not for anyone that listens here. So. <laughs> but you plug it anyway. Well, actually, no, we do. We, we finally do have some cross listenership. Yeah, Shout out Sabra cool. and Brody, who have been catching up on family records lately. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. I got to take that back. I said that I didn't think Sombra had time for family records, but apparently he does. So that's pretty cool, man. It's really exciting. Sorry it really if I don't, don't seem more excited. I'm, I am sick. I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing good but anyways you want to do your plugs yeah uh, alright so on twitter at Blake Sweet Comic, I have been surprisingly active lately it's normal in that social media that I kind of sometimes tweet a dumb little thought here and there but I've uh, been active lately so follow me there uh, I do sometimes use tiktok at BSBS comedy uh, you can of course go listen to our Scripted comedy show, Fat Tango Presents, uh, as well as Florida Tango, where the four owners, me, Matt, Ellis, and Mikey, all get together and play games and screw around. Um, and finally, check out our website, fattangoproductions.com. We've got other shows on there. We've got merch. We've got a link to our Discord, which you really should join. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got to plug. Cool. Since it's our well, first repeat yeah. distillery, I'll also say if you're ever in Montana, check out Willie's Distillery in Ennis. You probably find it in any liquor store in Montana, to be honest, but it's good whiskey. This is the second whiskey I've had from there, and it's really enjoyable. That's awesome. Uh, Some of us can taste whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all. well thanks for joining us have you tried drinking whiskey uh no i'm a little i've got a few i don't know that i should mix it with all the drugs i'm on well what <laughs> other than dayquil and nyquil what are you taking other drugs no, i mean not really but nyquil's just booze, dude. Fuck you up dude 
NyQuil's just booze. That's all it is. Just one night drink whiskey instead of NyQuil. <laughs> just says active ingredients, booze. Uh, huh. <laughs> no, I think it does have like, it's it's got like 15, 20% alcohol. It might as well be wine. Like is the weird, really? strong, moonshiny type of wine. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's doing the job. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Me I'll, me sleep. I'll bet you you could taste the alcohol. Or same thing with the salt and the spice. Like you can, you could probably get that alcohol sensation. I don't know if you can taste the whiskey. Maybe I'll try it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I bought you a bottle we'll see. up here in Montana, and I would really hate for me to have to drink the whole thing by myself. Well, I'm certainly not going to drink. I'm not wasting my freaking whiskey when I can't I know, drink. That's, that's the other reason. That's, if if you can't taste it, then I'm stuck drinking this whole thing by myself. And I bought it for you because I didn't know you lost your sense well, of taste. We can put it on the shelf, bro. I don't know if you know about whiskey. It doesn't expire. <laughs> it's not like it's going to go bad. Uh, uh, I do. I have the rest of this one to kill because. I have not been drinking as much since it's just me doing it. Um, I don't know. I've kind of slowed down myself. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Well, thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we can actually line this up. I don't know. But until next time, peace. Peace. Late. Late. Out. Out. This has been a Fat Tango production.